Hello everyone and welcome to the Wayward Dragons review episode. I am one of your hosts, Johnny. And I'm Kelsey. I'm the other half. And welcome to our review episode where we talk about everything that we've either read, watched, like whether that's a movie, TV show, new video game, or if we've listened to like a new podcast or something that we have found interesting. But how, how are you? <laughs> uh, I'm okay. I'm still in the process of waking up. I've been up for several hours now, but my brain is like, nope, nope, it's it's good. We're not we're not waking up yet. So I'm I'm functional. Um, questionably so, but definitely functional. How about yourself? <laughs> Same. <laughs> I've had a migraine for two days. So yeah, and the weather is not fine. helping in the witch the state I live in. So as you know. Yeah. Gotta have all the seasons. Gotta and have all the seasons. Oh yeah. And it can't decide what it's doing. And then the hurricane that's coming seasons. is not helping. Yeah. <laughs> well and then like there's a hurricane coming somewhere. Yeah, I don't know. There's always a hurricane somewhere this time of year. Like y'all need to figure out what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, how many books did you read? Uh, a whopping one because <laughs> working way too much and then not being able to listen to audiobooks or anything at work now. I I don't know. I I've pretty much been working and then dying slowly on the inside. Uh, that's about it. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, so okay. I read the next book in the uh, series that I've in the last two last week uh this was storm of tears which is the third book in the storm below series the ending of the book was very interesting they revealed a lot of things that were kind of surprising uh basically you know obviously spoilers here but the goddess that the goddess that uh, everyone uh, worships is not the goddess they think it is because apparently the goddess that they think they're worshiping is like trapped and is the one that uh, they're clique curse as like a basically like a boogeyman or a devil. Uh, okay. And so you find out that the evil one actually trapped the good one, and that the good one's hidden and uh, locked away. And so, like, you know, all the blessings and powers that the good goddess gives them, the uh, it's actually from the evil goddess. So okay. that's 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 a big fun twist. And then the the daughter of the they think good goddess is born and like is basically doing a Spanish inquisition where she's going through and killing all the non-believers and all this other crap. And most of the people are like, Oh no, this is good. It's great. She's doing this. This is for, you know, the goddess. Cause they think that she's basically Jesus in their world. And, uh, she's just super freaking evil. 
Hmm. And so you've got like the main characters, a lot of like a lot of them are just like, hey, this is definitely not uh definitely not what should be going on here, so we're gonna rebel against this and now they're wanted by the I guess crown would be the best way to put it, the Jesus type figure. Gotcha. Um, yeah, that's that literally all I have been able to knock out because the work sucks and I can't listen to audiobooks anymore. What about I feel you? That. So I've read five, but one I forgot to say for the last episode that we did. Um so the last one I forgot to mention was We Carry Their Bones, The Search for Justice at the Dozer School for Boys by Aaron Kim Kimberly. Um basically there's there was a reform quote reform school um in I wanna say Florida at the time. Um and this it was it was a school for troubled boys so basically when they got caught in the um justice system they would be sent to this school and there were rumors that there was child abuse happening at the reform school and particularly to the colored boys that were at the school because obviously this school was kind of during the height of the civil rights movement and this archaeologist type person um Aaron she wants to find where the graveyard of the boys is and this kind of leads into a lot of red political tape of how they don't want out what happened at the school. Um, but she also believes that all the, the families of these missing boys, um, because they deserve to know what happened to their children, um, they deserve to know. And she kind of goes, the book is about all the red tape that she's got to go through and how much she gets stopped and how many people don't want her to dig up all these secrets um, that happened at this school to these boys. Um, so it's, I'm kind of hit like this weird, like true crime thing where I, I listen to a lot of true crime during my day. Um, Apparently. Cause it's, it's, it's a little bit simpler for me to kind of pay attention to. Um, so it, yeah, it talks about a lot of like Jim Crow laws and, um, just how during the civil rights movement, they just kind of wanted to bury a lot of things that were happening to people of color at that time. Um, and these boys didn't really do anything wrong. That's the sad part is some of these boys were just found on the street. They would say that they did something wrong and they're at this reform school. Two months later, the family gets a note saying that they're dead. They died from some form of disease when in actuality they died of horrible abuse that happened at the school. 
Uh, is this no. the school that's in? Uh... <sighs> it was in the news. I, I'm trying to remember where it's located, uh, but it's like on the. It's somewhere on the East Coast. Yeah, it's in Florida. Is it in Florida? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Arthur G. Dozier School for Boys. Yeah. Um, it's located in Florida. It was established in 1900 um, as a juvenile reform school. So. Yeah, some of the uh, stories that you get from guys that have been there, it's absolutely ridiculous. They and they would, like, yeah, yeah, they're horrific. And those boys that did survive deserve some form of closure and justice of, hey, an acknowledgement of like, hey, they went through this. They did not make this up. Quit like sweeping it under (laughs) the rug type thing. Right. Um, And then I read... Um, Dead by Sunset, Perfect Husband, Perfect Killer by <laughs> the lovely Anne Rule. Um, so this follows a very, very manipulative man. Um, and the, um, the, what am I trying to say? The track record that this man has. So the book starts off with a car accident and um, the, this place in Seattle where this happens, it's kind of at this bottom of this hill and there's this van that's repeatedly running into the median. Um, and they, the police get to the scene and they find this woman who is horrifically injured. Like, you can already tell that she's gone. But it's, there's more injury than what should be there. Like, this should be just kind of a simple, like, maybe concussion type accident. And it's way, way too much blood. And you find out that she's in the process of divorcing her husband. And he is a super, super manipulative person. He's been married. This would have been his fourth wife. And he has scared his ex-wives so bad that they don't want to talk. And it's like, um, it's a very lengthy court case. Um, it takes a very long time for them to bring him to justice, but you find out how manipulative he is of his ex-wives, what he does to just fuck with them, um, his first wife, who he has two children with, he would send her more money. Like, he would send her, like, a child support payment, but she couldn't cash them because if she did, she'd be taken off welfare. So he would purposely send her more money to just, to fuck with her, of like, hey, here's your money, but you can't cash it because you'll get taken off your benefits. And, like, he would abuse his children um severely abuse his daughters he did not want daughters he did not like women in general um but he his fourth wife was a prominent um seattle attorney and he kills her 
you totally can tell that he kills her because he wants the custody of his sons and it's it's crazy what this family has to what he puts the family through absolutely crazy um and then the other Anne rule book i read she has a what's called like a crime file series so they're cases that she's studied in like research but they're not worthy there's not enough there for like a full book um so rose for her grave and other true cases that's the first in like her crime file series and she talks about what what is called bluebeards <laughs> so it's men that manipulate heavily manipulate women and um then murder them for profit Bluebeard. so I like, i've heard that term before like the the men that get like the insurance policies like a couple of months before and then all mysteriously their wife dies that's considered a bluebeard because you're you're murdering them for profit um the main story is um i want to say it's randy roth he no one knows if that's one his real name but how that's where i know the term bluebeard okay so is that sorry go, yeah huh? go ahead uh, i'll tell you the origin of the name bluebeard because i knew i knew it from somewhere so he he constantly marries and um manipulates women and he i've actually heard this story beforehand because the wife that the death that gets him caught is him and his wife are the first one is him and his wife are hiking and she falls quote falls down this cliff and they can't reenact exactly what happens like what what he says happens they can't make happen um and then he tries to kill his next wife but she escapes and is like uh-uh, i'm not going back and divorces him um and then the second wife that he kills drowns and again what he says happened they can't figure they can't make it happen like so they figure out that he's murdered both of them for their insurance their heavy insurance policies and then there's like a couple like little smaller stories like after that so that's that one where does where does the term come from so I knew I knew it from somewhere, and as soon as I like Googled Bluebeard, and I like saw the org like where it was based off of like location and story wise, I was just like, oh, I remember that entirely. Uh, so it's a French fairy tale about an individual named Bluebeard who would marry women and take the dowry and then murder the women. Yeah, like that. That's that's where the term it comes from is from a french fairy tale that's not surprising so that's that one and then i listened to trailed one woman's quest to solve the shenandoah murders by caitlin miles um so i want to say this happened in the late 
yeah, it was 96. These two women are out hiking and they are brutally murdered. And this is kind of at a time where women were, and they were killed on the Appalachian Trail. So for those who don't know, there's a trail that goes from like, what, Maine? Or is it like... Yeah, I think so. It's it's somewhere up there from my... It's somewhere in the northeast. And it goes like all the way down into Georgia. So you can hike this whole... It's one whole trail. And it's... God awful amount of miles. Um, thousands of people do it every year. Yeah. Thousands of people. Um, and there's a lot of like section hikers. And these two women... Or section hikers, so they would only hike certain sections at a time, um, kind of like day trips, like how my husband and I are. We hike certain trails, certain parts. Um, but in 96, 1996, this was kind of in a moment where women were kind of reclaiming the outdoors. There was a lot of um, outdoor groups, I actually didn't know this, um, that helps sexually assaulted women kind of reclaim their space through therapy outside like huh. by the floors and stuff um and julie and law law lolly molly um they were two women that were very big in in this hiking culture of women and they are found brutally murdered. And the story kind of talks about, one, the LGBT um, climate, the culture at the time, and how this case was kind of pivotal with where some rights and stuff were at the time. Um, which I found actually kind of interesting. But they never... The person that they convict of this... Um, or try to convict. He didn't do it. <laughs> it was one of those that they wanted to pin it on somebody to kind of make everybody shut up. And you kind of find out that like the murders happened like way over here and he's literally on the opposite side of the county. Like so it yeah. But um, yeah. Catherine Miles is a journalist who becomes obsessed with this case because um, she herself is also a fellow hiker. So it's... And she talks about how this case kind of makes her super paranoid and stuff. Because she starts to become scared for her life. You know, being outside, these women were brutally murdered just for being who they were. Which was two women that just happened to love each other. So, um, I found that actually very interesting because it's it's right after 9-11 um and a lot of hate crime legislation was going through our congress at the time so it was kind of up to debate whether this murder was yeah. actually a hate crime or was it not not type. that anything's changed now no um but it um it's yeah it's it's very interesting how everything kind of comes together. The political climate I found very interesting in it. How much um, counterculture played into everything. Um, just being a hippie. 
and just how they were kind of hippies. <laughs> they were very free spirited women. Um, and they didn't really back down. And it was, it was a very interesting book. I just kind of read it on a, listened to it on a whim. Um, and the last one I read was The Last Smile in Sunder City by Luke Arnold. So this is part of a trilogy. So basically in this world, all magic is gone. There was magic and all magical beings lived amongst each other. However, there was a catastrophic incident that happens and all magic is gone. So like vampires are still there, but now they all look like really gross raisin people because they don't have the magic of their immortality. And like werewolves are half wolf, half human. They're like this weird grotesque hybrid because there's no magic to keep them one or the other. So they're this weird shift. Um, Okay. But basically this PI, I guess you could say, and he blames himself for the magic leaving. Um, And he himself actually falls in love with a fae. And you, it's told back and forth through present and past because you kind of go through his past of being a soldier and kind of like this elite soldier and he abandons his posts a couple of times and um, he, he gets um, he gets called by this school to find a student and her teacher and the teacher is a vampire. And she, the student, is a siren. And he finds out that vampires are finding a new way to become what they once were. Okay. But it takes a lot more than just blood. And he finds the siren and he finds the um, vampire... But now it kind of puts everything on its head of like, is magic actually coming back? He has hope because he wants his love to come back and he is very guarded of her resting place. So he he knows that she's gone, but he doesn't want her to be gone, if that makes sense. Yeah, like that makes sense. Like, he was there with her when she, like, when the magic left and, like, she's actively dying and she turns into this beautiful tree. (laughs) Um, As you do when you die. As you do. Um, Especially when you're a fae. And, uh, so, yeah. That's, that's all I've read. I'm in the, I'm almost done with, um, what am I listening to right now? Um... We keep the dead close by Bicky Cooper. So it goes into this, um, and this actually goes into the podcast episode that we just got done doing, um, about satanic, uh, true crime. Um, this happened in Harvard in the late sixties. Yeah. This woman is brutally murdered and this woman, Becky Cooper, investigative journalist goes 
on this lengthy journey to find out that Harvard covered up a murder, as they do. Um, I'm not surprised at all. So, yeah. Harvard covered up a murder, and it's hard for the family to get justice because no one wants to cooperate. So, I've been on this weird true crime kick. <laughs> I mean, we, we all get on kicks, so it happens. So, I, right now, I just find it super interesting. So, because, like, my, my podcasts are just not... I listen to a lot of podcasts, and... Um, for true crime and they're they're not kicking they're not they're not doing, they're not doing anything. it anymore yeah no well because i've i've hit the point where a lot of the ones i listen to are doing a lot of the same um cases and well there's I, only I, so much true crime like there's only so many subjects so yeah so I'm unless like, well, they dig super deep yeah well i found this um best 25 true crime books by Esquire that I'm just going to slowly make my way through it. Just if the library has it, I'll read it. If not, on to the next one. So I did something similar for a while with uh, sci-fi books, like top top sci-fi book series. Yeah. I'm just like none of the like fantasy sci-fi ones I pick up are like holding my interest for very long. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, the true crimes like hold my interest for a minute, so. <laughs> I'll listen to this. Which, honestly, not bad. They're not bad. They're lengthy. This We Keep the Dead Close is like 17 hours. It's a good amount well, I mean, I prefer lengthy myself, but that kind of also is, you know, when I'm working and able to listen to them because that makes the day go by faster and there's more story. Yeah. yeah. You get more bang for your like, buck. Yeah. I like shorter only because I only listen to it in short increments, like a couple hours yeah. here and a couple hours here. So I need something that I can kind of keep. One, I know what's going on, but it'll hold my interest. Because I don't, I rarely listen. Because I've been trying to listen to Ruin of the Kings. It's like, it's a good couple of hours. It's like 27 hours. And I think this is one of those ones where I'm just going to like walk away from it. Because it, it's two different timelines told by two different people. And Oh, that's annoying. And it's like, I, I'm failing to understand how these fit together. I'm like four hours in this, not feeling it. And I try to give the benefit of the doubt of like, oh, okay, like, eh. But it's, it's, it's so weirdly told that I'm like, I don't know if I can finish this. Right. <laughs> like, and I started, um, so... Gail, Gail Z. Martin is one of my favorite authors next to Tolkien. And she came out with an Assassin's um, series that I'm started. And those are like maybe eight hour audiobooks. Um, you like Tolkien? <laughs> really? Oh, you can't I, see I, my shirt. Surprising. It's fucking backwards. <laughs> but it's Metal Earth makes me happy reality. Not so much. <laughs> I have two of them. 
because you know why not but her um she's almost done with the assassin series that she's been writing because i'm part of her newsletters um but they assassins that work for the king they're finding out that there's a plot of a revolution happening so that one's actually not that bad so i've i've decided that uh when i'm done with the book series i'm on i'm gonna take it and if i can find them do a book series that i uh, did at like started when i was a kid and uh there's 50 something of them like 54 i think animorphs what you've never read the animorph books How do you spell that? Zero Animorphia? By Luke Brimblecombe? No. No. How do you spell that? A-N-I-M-O-R-P-H. Ah! Okay. There's, There's like 54 books on the main story, and then there's like backstory books and stuff. Uh. So I think I remember seeing these in school. I like the Scholastic book there. Yeah, but I never got into them. Yeah, fifty-four primary fifty-three all together. Yeah, they're. I remember seeing them. And they 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 even had a TV show at one point. Uh, Basically, yeah. The whole premise behind it is uh, there's this group of aliens that are like alien invaders that look like little slugs that. Uh, take it and control people to take over the planets. And then there's these other aliens that are like weird blue centaurs that have the power to transform into animals from the planet. And so one of them comes, crashes on Earth and gives his po- the powers to do, to transform into um, to some kids or teenagers who then have to use their powers to the powers to uh, save the world. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, no, I never got into that. Mm-mm. I got into that little mouse. Redwall. Little mouse. Oh, Redwall. Oh, Redwall's amazing. I got into that. I read a couple yeah, of them. Redwall. I thought about going back. And listening to those. Well, and like, it would be easier because, like, on my walk home, because uh, the books are like, you know, listening speed maybe two hours. Mm-hmm. So that on my walk home, I could knock a good number of them out fairly easily. This is true. So that's what I'm thinking about doing. But, anyways, I think that kind of rounds out your time uh, unless yeah. you've been watching or playing anything no. no have you gotten Diablo 4 yet yes that game we started like a little bit last night that's a, that's this is gonna be a good game that's gonna what be are you playing game. as I'm the necromancer I was the necromancer in the third one 
Um, and so I was like, well, shit, I'm going to be a necromancer again. Because I actually like playing as a necromancer. He's a um, druid. My husband. <laughs> Dru- druids, druids are fun. Uh, which which path is he going? Is he doing a lot of like shape-shifting stuff? He, we first, we just started. We played like an hour last night. And okay. uh, it's, so we're not, we're not very far. I, the, there's a couple of things I will say that I love right now. So you okay. can pick, you can pick, obviously you can pick how hard you want the game. You can also pick how much tutorials you want. Beautiful. Yeah. The one thing that was pissing me off when we were playing Diablo 3 was when he would go in to like see what he had. I couldn't. I had to wait. That that shit pisses me off. Now, when you have multi-party on Diablo, he's got the left side of the screen. I've got the right side of the screen. So when I want to look at what I have, I'm on one side, he's on the other. The only thing okay. is you have to create an account with Billards to play the game. You mean Blizzard? Blizzards, Billards, whatever. You have to create an account <laughs> to play the game after you buy well, it. Yeah, and it's it's annoying because they kind of made it into like almost an MMO, but not exactly because you'll have like, I don't know if you've gotten to this point in the game yet or not, but you'll have random people like running through and interacting different like battles and events that you have going on. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's cool, yeah. but you know, if I yeah. wanted to play an MMO, I'd play an MMO. Yeah. So, and, like, even though my husband's, like, the first player and I'm player number two, in the last Diablo, if we wanted to stop playing, he just shut the game down. Now we both have to leave the game. It's not just one or the other. So, meh. Well, I can tell you right now, there are going to be, when you do the, uh, uh, quest like the quest for the classes because they have like i don't know if you've noticed this yet but there are three different types of quests there are your side quests your main quests and then your character class quests yep uh some of those for the druid are pretty freaking hard yeah yeah we already like played a demon and that was a that was a bit that was the moment. And I like the point system. Like, you can, for when the you skill tree. Up, Yeah. The skill tree? Yeah. That's, that's massive, but that's actually really cool. So, yeah. Yeah, so later on, as he levels up some more, he'll have the option to uh, do summons. And so he can summon some wolves and stuff. Mm-hmm. I can summon uh, little skeletons. Yeah. <laughs> Like, and it's funny, I was like, we had just started and I'm already, like, summoning, like, resurrecting skeletons. He's like, what the hell? Because it took me a minute in the last game to, like, get there. And I'm like, well, obviously I can do that, like, as a level two. Granted, they have a health bar, but... (laughs) I'm interested to see, uh... I'm interested to see how they do it with, like, what classes they add in when they do expansions and stuff. Yeah. Because like with three, they did when they did expansions, they added in some pretty cool classes like the witch doctor and stuff like that. Yeah. So I'm interested to see if they're doing if they go a uh, different yeah if they go a similar route with 
yeah. uh, this game or not. Yeah, because I know with the last update with the third one, they added that fifth act, which was absolutely pointless. Like, you can tell the game ended at the fourth one. You could totally yeah. tell that's where it ended. And then it was just like, okay, why are we doing this again? It was one of those, like, why we just did this. Why do we have to do it? Yeah. Right. So I've kind of held off buying it, hoping that they kind of, like, fix or if they're going to add whatever. But if they're going to add anything, it's going to be in a couple of months when everybody's, like, done playing it. Uh, they'll they'll add stuff for sure. I'm sure they've got all sorts of DLC planned out. Uh, Probably. Also, I'm kind of annoyed that they have the whole stupid. Oh, you can get better stuff if you use real money to. That shit always pisses me off. Some of us like, don't want to yes, spend money. It's like I get it, like capitalism. But but same time, dude. leave me alone. <laughs> right. Like, some of us don't want to spend. You have have to pay money to get a mount to move faster. Oh, then I'll just move at a snail's pace. Fuck off. Yep. Yep. It's like, the cost of video games now, as much as I'm paying for it, I'm not giving you extra money for something simple like that. Exactly. A lot of that, I feel like, should be included. If you're spending... We just bought the basic Diablo 4, and that was $60, $70, maybe? Yeah, which is freaking ridiculous. That's ridiculous. I remember when, like, $25 a game was expensive, and it's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. What the fuck, people? And you're telling me I gotta spend that in the game? Mm Mm-mm. And then you... And then you get people who take it and buy games and then for that much and then like play them crazy competitively. Mm-hmm. It's like, why? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. Crazy, crazy to me. Crazy. But yeah, yeah that's all. Anyways. And we just started that like last night. I did like a couple hours of research. I was like, okay, like let's play for about an hour before we go to bed. So, yeah, cause yeah. we haven't really watched anything besides our normal shows. We started V Wars on Netflix. V Wars? V Wars? Don't do it. Don't do it. Nothing Don't do it. So it, um, it's that one guy from vampire diaries and he plays like this doctor and him and his friend are exposed to this virus. His friend obviously gets infected and he doesn't. And it's the beginning of vampires. But they're like... They're weird So it's vampires. like ultraviolet? Yeah. It's very violent. Um, no, no, ultraviolet. It was a movie. And I think it was based off a comic book series where vampires came from a virus that people some- got something like that and it's just like it in my opinion the vampires are badly done like and they're out to be more gruesome and and it's more gory i feel like than it needs to be but it's one of those shows that you can have on in the background 
and you can kind of know what's going on. But we watched like a couple episodes one night and I was like, this sucks. (laughs) (laughs) This show absolutely sucks. So. I am waiting. So obviously, you know, anyone who's listened to me talk for any amount of time about anime knows that I'm a huge One Piece fan. And Mm -hmm. Netflix is actually doing a live action One Piece series. Which I'm extremely nervous about because mm-hmm. Netflix, when they do stuff, it's either very hit or very miss. And yes. most of the time it's miss, but the casting is phenomenal and the new trailer that just dropped looks phenomenal. So I'm optimistic. I'm hopefully optimistic. Yeah. So that'll be fun. Uh, but, you know, I think we've kind of wrapped up everything we can here. Uh, yep. Sorry we went so long, guys. <laughs> I was just yeah. like, oh, hey, this is the thing. <laughs> yeah, no. No, no, you're fine. So, so you can join us on Facebook, Instagram, and on YouTube. Um, the hands that you see in the unboxing videos are my hands. Um, and rate, review, and subscribe. And please tell a friend, tell your enemy. Um, if there's a book series that you feel like one of us would like... Or if you have a topic that you think we should cover in our actual normal episodes, you can email us at thewaywarddragons at gmail.com. Um, and join us for our Satanic Panic mini-series that we're doing. We're almost done with it. Um, we have a couple more episodes left. Because um, the episode we just got done uh, talking about is major true crime cases that yeah. happened during the Satanic Panic. We're going to talk about Kelsey some... Kelsey did a kick-ass job on that. <laughs> We're going to talk about some major true crime cases that happened without talking about Satanic Ritual Abuse, which was very hard to find because um, that Satanic Ritual Abuse kind of has its own episode that we're going to be talking about at the very end. So, yeah, yeah. join us. Yeah, until, until next time. Until then, and even <laughs> after, I'm Johnny. And I'm Kelsey. Bye. Bye.